This is Paul Schneiderman today on the 22nd edition of Sports and Stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio. I have as my special guest, former Seattle Seahawk player Edwin Bailey. Edwin's also worked as a, a scout, a coach, an educator. I'm also here with Daniel Billis as the production engineer. I'm going to give a little background about Edwin Bailey. Edwin grew up in Savannah, Georgia, great town. I've been there before. Edwin attended South Carolina State University, where he is now a member of the South Carolina Hall, Sports Hall of Fame. Edwin played 11 seasons as a left guard from the CLC, for the Seattle Seahawks from about 1981 through 1991. Edwin uh, starred in 121 games and played in seven playoff games. Uh, Edwin has a background in childhood education. He's a community advocate. Um, Edwin is the Co-author of a 2017 book, Soul Bear, a book of personal essays by nine men. I want to talk about your book in a little bit, Edwin. Um, today, Edwin, we're going to have a chance to talk about your career, your book, and your thoughts on all sorts of stuff uh, inside and outside football. First of all, Edwin, thank you for coming on Sports and Stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio. Thank you for having me. Happy Abs- to be here. Absolutely. Yeah, we've had the privilege. I've had the privilege of meeting you a couple times. We did a forum together last year, and uh, I got greedy. I got you on my show, too. I'm happy to be here. Happy absolutely. To be here. Well, Edwin, you grew up in Savannah, Georgia. Uh, back in 2010, I took my first trip to Georgia and South Carolina. I saw your hometown. It's really a unique city. What was it like growing up in Savannah, Georgia? Uh, I found out a lot about history growing up in Savannah, Georgia. Uh, you know, it was one of the original 13 colonies uh, founded in 17, I want to say 1773, uh, 1763, one of them. They, they hate me about this in Savannah, you know, by General Oglethorpe. Uh, it was founded right after Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, just a great place to grow up, man. You know, a lot of rich history. You know, uh, you know exactly where you're from. You, you uh, as a young black man, you know exactly what plantation your family came from, and that I think that's big. Picnics, going hang out in the summertime, nice and shaded, with all the moss and you know all of that, all of that tradition and all that look of the deep, deep South. Well, next time that I mention, uh, I'll have to mention the jewels in Savannah next time. I won't say parks. They'll know that you're originally, you've been, you've been talking to an original person from Savannah, Georgia. Great insight. Okay, Edwin, you attended uh, South Carolina State University where you played football there. Tell us about uh, attending South Carolina State University and uh, give, me your, give me some of your thoughts on historically black colleges. Again, uh, uh, another place with a lot of rich history, a lot of rich tradition, uh, my first two years of college football was played under Willie Jeffries, uh, the first African American coach at Division One level. When he uh, moved, uh, oh God, what college did he go to? Uh, in Oklahoma, to a college. I can't remember the name of it right now, but he uh, he moved from South Carolina State. There, uh, we had a lot of football players. My senior year, we had five football players drafted. Uh, in the four years I was there, I played with maybe like 20, 21 draftable ball players, uh, maybe about 15 or 20 free agents. Um, very competitive. Very, very competitive. Um, my senior year, you know, we won 10 consecutive games and lost our final game to a very good grambling team that was led by Everson Walls. Uh, and uh, just, just, just a great time, great time to be in school. You had a great, great experience there. College. Yes. <clears throat> Edwin, living on the West Coast – um, we don't hear as much about historically black colleges on the West Coast. Give, give us uh, some thoughts on attending a historically black college, and where, where do you see historically black college institutions headed in the future? Uh, well, I'm, I'm hoping that they're heading in a positive direction. Uh, a lot of kids uh, are somewhat intimidated, 
there are some people that's, that 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 that's have uh, somewhat of a problem with it because they say, well, other schools are not called predominantly white colleges, which made no sense to me because at the time most of the schools were founded, uh, African Americans <laughs> weren't allowed to be educated, Very so true. that that wasn't. So you know, I, I don't even know what what direction that even goes in. But um, I was told by my father, you know, in 1976, maybe about two or three weeks before he passed away, you might want to go to a school where you can see somebody that looks like you. You know, going to the University of Georgia wouldn't have been out of out of the realm of opportunity for me, but, you know, it, it, it wasn't going to happen. South Carolina State University gave you a comfort zone at that time yeah, in your life. Yeah, it gave me a, the, the comfort zone that my family was comfortable with that I was comfortable with. I wanted to be an educator. I wanted to work with kids with challenges. <clears throat> I must admit that the teachers in the education department was as stout and as strong and, and would drive you just as hard as the football coaches did because when you leave there and with a degree in education, you were going to also represent them. So they made sure that you had everything that you, you needed to, to succeed in education. This is Paul Schneiderman on Sports and Stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio with Seahawks legend Edwin Bailey, and I got Daniel Billis today as uh, the production engineer of this show. Um, Edwin, you earned your degree later at Charter Oak College, I believe? Yes, yes, online yeah. online college. Uh, my intentions were when I left college, when I left South Carolina State and moved to Seattle in 1981, I was only seven credits from receiving my degree. And uh in the late 90s, the early 80s is when football, especially at the professional level, became a year-round deal, you know. And um, that's, that wasn't the excuse that I didn't get my degree. But I was working at, uh, I think it's Evergreen Hospital. I also worked in the school system in, uh, on the east side for a couple of months. And uh, then once I got out of uh, college and I retired from the NFL, I decided, hey, I need to go back. So I only needed seven credits. So it was like three classes I had to take. You went back and did it. Yes. And, and Edwin, uh, you work as an educator now. Tell us about the kind of work you do in education. Well, I work right now in the ILC program over at Mount Rainier High School. I'm a one-on-one with a young man by the name of Tyler Ernest. Tyler Ernest has cerebral palsy. And Tyler is possibly the best friend that I have had now in the last three to four years. He was also the best man at my wedding. And uh, I work with Tyler every day. Uh, I love the challenge. I love how he challenges himself. Uh, Tyler is confined to a wheelchair, but everybody else has a problem. Tyler doesn't, you know, and uh, he's a <laughs> he's an incredible ladies man. Uh, he wants to, to work in uh, doing the weather, preferably at Cairo. <laughs> and uh, uh, he's the son of Miss Melissa and Mr. Steve Ernest. They are great parents. They allow me to spend every day and help educate their son. I am so impressed with the two of them that, you know, I don't know what to do. But uh, Tyler Ernest is one of my best friends in all the world right now. Sounds like a great situation. It's pretty cool. He was the best man at your wedding. Yes, too. he was. That's really neat. Yes. That's really neat. Okay, Edwin. Uh, Paul Schneiderman again on Sports and Stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio with Edwin Bailey. Um, Edwin, you were drafted in the fifth round by the Seahawks, I believe, in was it nineteen eighty one? Yes. Were, were you sure? Tell us about getting drafted from for by the Seahawks. I mean, the Northwest, pretty far away for a kid well, from the South, right? As far as you can possibly go from right. Savannah, Georgia, right? And uh, you know that 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 there was never a ball player, especially an offensive line, that was drafted out of South Carolina State. Um, I just wanted an opportunity to see if I could compete. 
You know, some people said I should have gotten drafted higher. Some people said I got drafted too high. I was a little too green. You know, and uh, the NFL would be a good test for me to see if I was really playing at a high level. Um, I enjoyed my four years at South Carolina State more so than I enjoyed anything in life. You know, people say, hey, you know, college is the best times of your life. Truly, the four years that I spent in Orangeburg, South Carolina, on South Carolina State campus. Those are great years for you. The four best years of my life. Edwin, uh, I know you had a very sad family loss this week. My condolences again to you losing your yes. father-in-law. And you also lost uh, this week somebody else that I believe you knew pretty well, Chuck Knox. Chuck Knox. Yeah, tell man. us what it's like playing for Chuck Knox. What impact did Chuck Knox have on you? Uh, uh, Chuck Edwin? Knox, uh, it, you know, with Chuck, Chuck, when it gets simple, is eighth grade Swickley. You know, and Swickley is where, where he grew up. And he, I guess he went to Swickley High School. And, you know, when it's get rough and gets tough and it's hot and you're tired and you're mad, he just say it's eighth grade swickly, you know, don't, 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 don't tell me how rough the waters is. Back the boat in, you know, what you do speak so well. I don't have to hear nothing you say, you know, all those noxisms. And, uh, and he was a good coach, you know, he was a very good coach, you know, uh, he gave me an opportunity to continue to play after Jack Patera left. And, uh, I enjoyed all nine years I played for Chuck. And did you have a good a good one on one connection at Chuck Knox? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chuck, uh, <laughs> Chuck, Chuck was a pretty good guy, man. I met all of his family and all of his friends from Swickley, you know, and and it seemed like all of them was cut from the same cloth, you know, hardworking, you know. I guess that's a coal miners town, you know, and uh, from Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I told Chuck, he didn't do any any, any coal mine working because his hands was too soft, and he made <laughs> sure he made sure that, but. uh Chuck was a good guy. You know, he, he, he came hard road and he understood exactly what you need to do, you know, to get to where you want to get to in life. And especially if you want to use football as an avenue, you know, and he gave me some good insight, some things that I use to this day. Well, I really appreciate your perspectives and your kind words about Chuck Knox and uh, let him rest in peace. He seemed like he was a great guy. He was a great guy, yes. Uh, Edwin, you played for two different ownership groups, I believe, when you played for the Hawks for 11 years. Mm-hmm. You played for the Nordstrom ownership group. You also played for the Ken Baring mm-hmm. ownership group. Give us some insights about those two ownership groups. They were sure different, weren't they? Uh, they were. Yeah, they were different. Uh, the Nordstrom's was, was family-owned, and when you played here with the Nordstrom's, you truly felt as if you were a part of their family. You know, uh, the father, you know, he'd come in and, and his sons are trying to get him to move along on the plane so the plane can get out of the air, but he wants to stop and have a personal relationship with each and every guy along that walkway uh, on that Alaskan airline getting to his seats. Was that John Nordstrom? Uh, Elmer Nordstrom is, 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 is the dad, right? Okay. okay. And then Elmer, the son. Okay. You know, uh, but they all they all would be there. You're really you know? fond of them. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And yeah. he had a great time. And uh, there was a gentleman in Savannah, Georgia, by the name of uh, Mr. Jacob Fines, and he was friends with them. They, he, Mr. Fines, said that his family and their family came from the old country together, and he stayed in Savannah, Georgia, and the Nordstroms came on out this way. And Fines and Fines Department Store in Savannah, Georgia, is one of the better department stores. And uh, he brought me in and sat me down and talked to me and. Uh, and it was amazing that, you know, all my life I've been knowing somebody that was closely affiliated with the Nordstroms. And, uh, again, the Nordstroms was a great, great group of people. Uh, I went to their grand opening and, uh, when they opened their first store in Virginia, their first store on the East Coast. 
and they welcomed me, man. They they put me up. They had a, we had a great time. Uh, I understood what the business of football is all about. Well, you know, through them, you know, it's a, but it was still a family oriented business. Bearing know? ownership group was different, though, as we talked about. Bearing Bearing was different. Bearing was more. <laughs> as Chuck Knox would say, a, a, a shot in the beer back kind of guy. <laughs> you know, uh, the very first time we met Mr. Baring, he came down to the watering hole with us and, and picked up the tab, you know, and sat there to the bar with us and, and had a great time, man. You know, so it's just, you know, what do you like? You know, what kind of guys do you like? The Nordstrom was all about business, quality, you know, Baring was all about business, you know, but he came out with the boys and hung out a little bit. Interesting. You know? Yeah, so, but uh, I, I had no problems with either one of them. Baring's attempts to move the team, obviously, are a little stigma in his reputation in Seattle years uh, ago. That's the business part of it, you know. It didn't take long for him to move to Sonics, so he wasn't the only one that was thinking that way, you know. And, uh, but, you know, Ken Baring was a good guy to me, man. You know, he just, again, every time he came to town, he found out where the watering hole was. Came down, sat down, and picked up the tab. You, know. you get tied in. Paul Schneiderman of Sports and Stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio with my special guest, Seahawks legend Edwin Bailey. Okay, Edwin, so I was looking at your career a little bit, and in 1983, the Seahawks went 9-7 and and got to the AFC Championship game against the Raiders. Was that the best year of your career, that 1983 Seahawks year? Nah, 86 was my best year. That's the best year. That's the best football I played. Uh, and the whole time that I was here, 86, 88, 87, you know, that I, 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 I matured to a point to where I had, you know, had to show up. I understand about showing up and, and, and doing the job. You know, 83 was a very good year. Uh, it was Kurt Warner's rookie year. You know, as, as the Seattle Seahawks, we found out that we could play well. You know, um, I, I had a, had an opportunity to really appreciate the fact of having a Hall of Famer in the huddle and, and you know, by the name of Steve Largent. And, uh, you, I've heard of him, by the way. Yeah, you, you talk about the, the big-time defensive backs, the big-time corners. You know, Kansas City had a quality set of cornerbacks. Cleveland Browns had a quality set of cornerbacks. The Denver Broncos had a quality set of cornerbacks. You know, the Raiders cornerbacks have speak for themselves for, for years. You know, and uh, – Steve Largent produced against all of those teams. Man. Old AFC West, Edwin. Mm, yes. Was Warner the best back that you blocked for, Kurt Warner? Yes. Yeah. Kurt Warner was one, and uh, John L. Williams was one eight. He's a big guy, John L. Williams. John L. Williams was just uh, John L. Williams was had the running ability of Kurt Warner, the hands of Steve Largent. You know, uh, he was a he was an incredible run blocker. Could pick up the blitz. You know, John L. was just a quality guy. You in touch with all those guys still? Uh, yes, yes, yes. We we still talk, you know, when, when we get an opportunity to. Yeah, well, I want to ask about something else, and this has become a big story in, in Seattle this mm-hmm. week and around the country. As we know, Robinson Cano of the Mariners got mm-hmm. suspended for a PED issue, and mm-hmm. no one quite knows exactly what happened, but Robinson's taken an 80-game suspension. Edwin, football's a very tough sport. Yes. Do you have any insights on whether football players should be able to use medical marijuana and other um, drugs to at least alleviate some of their symptoms and injuries. Well, whatever, whatever is you know, I won't say whatever it takes because that that's not a good approach. I understand. But uh, you know, 
I hurt like hell now. You know, I hurt like pure hell, you know. And uh, it was been a few years back when when uh things like marijuana, you know, they I kind of pushed it to the to the back. It wasn't important to me. I couldn't afford to get busted with it and I couldn't afford to get busted with it in my system. You know, as the, the mariner understands now, you know, uh uh but you got to do something, you know. I try to walk 2 or 3 miles a day. And hell, I heard after walking two miles a day, like I played a game. And um, if if uh, if marijuana is 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 your choice, and it's legal, and and it is being legalized in a lot of places right now, if that's going to ease the pain, you need you got to do what you got to do. You like to see NFL relax their current drug policies, then? Um, no, I won't say that because I won't say that because. Uh, there's a lot of things that's going on in the, in the National Football League now. You know, I think there, there's a you got to make sure that you have the guys that's mature enough to be able to understand what they're doing. You know, uh, and if when when marijuana was illegal, they had some issues with it. You know, uh, but you, <laughs> you got to be careful when you give it to everybody. I see. Everybody, everybody's not going to respond to it the same way. And when I have, I had a former uh, player and broadcaster Ed Cunningham on my show a few weeks back. Ed Cunningham his, played offensive line for the Huskies. Didn't that's he? right, and I think yes. he played for the Seahawks for a year as well. Yeah. And Ed is, you know, made a lot. This story got a lot of publicity. But last year, Ed made a high-profile decision to walk away from football broadcasting because of concerns he had about the safety of the sport. Um, where are you on this issue, Ed, about the safety of football? And are there any, any reforms of the game that you would suggest that can improve the safety of the game, for example, when it comes to head injuries? Well, if, if they can come up with a better helmet, you know, if they can come up with a better helmet, yes. Um, I don't even know where I am, you know. I just celebrated my 59th birthday, um, and I got married a year ago, and I was very concerned about the uh, about the young lady that I was about to marry. I didn't want to get here, get married, and next thing you know, she stuck with a guy sitting looking in the wrong direction. Right. And uh, she got a little upset when I made that statement, but it was true. I, I, I didn't want to do I loved her that much that I didn't want to do her that way. Uh, there's some things that has to happen. Uh, we have to be more aware of uh, what's going on. It was cute. Back in the day, for the guys to tell the funny stories and the guys to drink a little too much and they called it being punch drunk and all of that. But now we find out that, you know, that comes from getting hit in the head too many times. A lot and more awareness than a concussion issue. Yes, yeah, right now, you know, and, and I, I forget a telephone number. Just in the, 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 the matter of minutes I've been in here, in uh, Wichita State is where Willie Jeffries coached. And I couldn't remember that. That, that concerns me, you know. Um, when you forget a telephone number, you know, you forget a face. Uh, you, you feel know, like you've had some symptoms. Well, oh, there's no doubt I've had symptoms. You know, I've had numerous concussions. I played offensive guard, you know, and we were taught to lead with our head. You know, uh, just here recently, the head has been taken out of football. You know, you can't even mention the head in football anymore. You know, and, and I've been retired for about 20 years now. You know, and that's, that, that's, that's, that's pretty scary. Uh, something has to be done. Um, the ball players that have played and got the game to where it is today, 
that need to be taken care of. No doubt about it. Paul Schneiderman of Sports and Stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio with Seahawks legend Edwin Bailey and my production engineer today, Daniel Billis. Um, so, Edwin, you coached for the New Jersey Hitman, the XFL. Yes, back, I did. I believe, 2001. You're an offensive line coach, and the XFL is now defunct. But there's apparently talk it may come back in 2020. Tell us about your year as an XFL coach, and what do you think about the future of that league? Well, I, and let me put this out there, and I want you to help me out. Okay. Uh, from I got a little few whisperings that there might be a team on the West Coast and possibly in the Northwest. And I would love to be a part of that organization. You know, I can bring them a little history. I'm one of the original coaches of the XFL, and I'd love to continue to coach at the XFL. Um, I loved it. You know, uh, worked for in, 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 in New York, <laughs> the New York, New Jersey Hitman. Uh, it was an incredible great name, time. by the way. Oh great yeah. Name. Oh, yeah. oh, ran into some very interesting people in the New York, New Jersey area with the t-shirts on. You know, I'm not going to go into a whole lot of details, <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of interesting gentlemen. Uh, worked for Rusty Tillman and Rusty Tillman was our head coach. Yeah. Drew Pearson was our general manager. Um, I thought we put together a pretty good team. You know, uh, we, we were, we were pretty competitive. Uh, a lot of young men that I, I'm still in contact with now, you know, by the way of Facebook. Uh, it was it was a good time, man. And you know, and, and if the people don't realize it, the way they are watching football today, all of that's because of the XFL. You know, the the camera that comes right down over the quarterback's head, that boom camera, it's the XFL camera. Do you think yeah. the XFL, if it starts again in 2020, could could be a uh, strong league? Well, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a, it's, it's a lot of young men out there that wants to play football. The XFL did well when they were playing, you know. You have quite a few guys that jumped from the XFL to the NFL and, and played well. Yeah, but uh, it's uh, may, maybe it's that time now. Paul Schneiderman on Sports and Stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio with Edwin Bailey. You know, one thing that was uh, unique by the XFL, Edwin, is it was a single entity league. There were no, like, franchise owners, individual teams. Everything was together. Um Matter of fact, we got paid for the one year of the football we played. We got paid for two years, which was a incredible deal for me. I enjoyed, I, I enjoyed that more than anything. I bet. But working in New York, uh, having access to, 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 to Manhattan and, and being able to go back and forth over into the city. You know, we were practicing over in, in, in New Jersey. Uh, can't get uh, bored in Manhattan. No, 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 no. <laughs> There's always something going on in New York City. And it was incredible. And, uh, they embraced us. Uh, I enjoyed it. You know, the owner was an incredible guy. The, the same guy that, 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 that has the WWF. McMahon. Yes. And, I mean, we had access to the restaurants, uh, all the shows and, and everything. It was, it was a great experience. Edwin, tell us about your book, your 2017 book that you're a co-author of. Tell us about it a little bit. Uh, it, it, again, it's, it's something that, that as a kid and growing up in, in Savannah, Georgia, that people say, well, hey, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's going to be tough, man. You know, I wasn't even supposed to get a college degree, but I did. Uh, I had a cousin who lives uh, in Atlanta. And she told me that my, me and my boys, we get on Facebook, we start telling stories. And she said, you know, cuz you need to write a book, man. You, you really need to write a book. 
this lady contacted me. She had a group of about nine or 10 African-American young men who uh, either started out uh, in a rough way and uh, kind of weathered the storm and came out on the other side pretty good. Um, as I always tell everybody, I don't have a rags to riches story. I grew up in a two-parent home, older sister, younger brother. Uh, both parents worked, uh, went to church on Sunday. Uh, Pretty played, stable family. Oh, yeah, in, oh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Played pop on a baseball, played pop on a football. Uh, matter of fact, I'm right where I'm supposed to be based on, you know, what my family and what my mom and dad did for me in life. You know, uh, there's no... Oh, you know, it was luck, luck of the draw. But you now, still had some wisdom in the book. Of oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, without a doubt, you know, yeah. uh, I had to stick I had to stick to the plan. You know, and uh, my, I always tell everybody that my senior year in high school and going into my freshman year in college, my mom took a door key. She told me, she said, hey, there's no more room at the end. You got to go do what you got to do. Soul bearer. Well, I want to read it, Edwin. Um, Edwin, I got, we're almost over. Like, up, when time flies, you're having fun. I can't believe we have less than two minutes now. Real quickly, Edwin, who are a couple uh, good defensive players that you played against that really uh, you thought really tough when you were a guard for the Hawks for all those years? N- n- mention a couple that really stood out. Matt Millen. Tough guy, huh? Oh, uh, uh, Michael Dean Perry. You know, uh, a couple of blocks. You know, a couple of guys that came to play, played hard. Uh, Matt Millen might have been one of the better defenders. Uh, that I played against, uh, the linebacker from the Denver Broncos, uh, they call him the White Rhino. Uh, oh, I can't think of his name. Good uh, player, though. Yeah, uh, player. outstanding player. Well, I was kind of curious. We could talk for hours about all the defensive guys you played against. Well, Edwin, we're, are, uh, we're wrapping it down now. What does the future hold for Edwin Bailey? Uh, well, I'm working on, uh, I'm working on my masters. I want to get my masters in, uh, in counseling. Uh, you know, the NFL will pay for it. My wife is a 35, almost a 40 year person at Boeing. You know, she even told me that Boeing will pay for it. So if the opportunity is out there, I'm going to get my master's and maybe it'll keep me in education a little longer. And you want to continue working with, uh, this, this gentleman that has cerebral palsy? Uh, Tyler Ernest. Yes. Uh, he and I are going to go, uh, he's got, he wants to go to the University of Washington. Um, the Board of Education is paying me, you know, you know, to be his right hand man. I have no problems with that. They're doing a great job. I, again, his parents are outstanding. Tyler is a great young man. Looking forward to working with him some more. Got a lot of good stuff ahead, Edwin. Well, Edwin, thank you for so much for coming on Sports and Stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio. And we're gonna, we're gonna, I mean, we're gonna be in touch. Hey, I'm right here. Absolutely, Edwin. Well, I look forward to seeing you again soon. I hopefully I can do their forum with you as well. Thank you. You take care. Thank you. All right.